Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Give Me the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com all right and welcome into the next edition of the gimme the hot sauce podcast i say next because we've had a brief history with our good friend aldo gandia over at the bears bar room and he got us off and running but now we're coming at you bigger and better than ever we got a brand new team in place and we are ready to roll i am mark shanowski star of the show, the one and only Stacey King, and we've also got some friends. You're going to hear them throughout this podcast. This is going to be like a barroom atmosphere as well. We're going to have some fun. We're going to tell some stories. We're going to have a lot of laughs. Hey, in this environment, we all need to laugh just Hello, a little friends. bit. Yeah, so this is more than just Stacey and I. I want to introduce our good friend, John Walsh, who we've known for years. He's going to be producing and editing this podcast. In fact, we don't need to edit anything, do we, John? Nah, one take. We're a one take team. <laughs> one take, baby. One take, baby. And our business maven, our marketing expert, Tim Kelly, who is graciously enough letting us use his facilities here at Nautilus Medical to help us out. And, and we're going to have a lot of beer. fun here. Part-time, part-time comedian is not funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for inviting me. Uh, hey, the beer's be cold. Friend too, so. Hey, Stacey, do you want to tell the folks what kind of day you've had? Well, let me tell you right now, buddy, it, it's been one hell of a day. I, I've got a... Puppy right now, he's three months old. Who's with us? And who's with us? Brixton is here right now. He's sitting there with our good friend Susan, who's nursing him right now. And uh, he's got not a, actually, not actually, not actually, he's got a cone but, on. But basically, she's babysitting him for while we do the show. He just came back from the vet. He's got to have surgery on his leg. He got into a little scrap, and uh, he held his own for a puppy. But the guy weighs sixty more pounds than him, and uh, as soon as he turns and gets bigger. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a little uh, walk by on this side. He's not gonna be able to lay this one down. It's gonna be payback. <laughs> gonna slide on this dog. Yes, you pay per view. Is that a pay per view deal? Pay, it's not even no pay per view. He's gonna be straight Chicago style. He's gonna get you in the alley. <laughs> they're gonna beat you down. That's what's gonna happen. Ain't that right, Brixton? <laughs> Where'd he go, Brixton? Yeah, he looks really tough right now. <laughs> hey, we don't want to talk about my dog like that, man. Okay, I'll have to bite you right in the nuts. Okay, please. <laughs> 
Hey, we want to thank all the people who have been loyal to us and have uh, subscribed to the first five episodes of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. But as I mentioned, we're going to expand this thing. We're going to be going to YouTube in time, getting you a video element as well. So we want to thank you. And you probably already heard the story about Brixton because I think, Stacy, you told that in the very first episode, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. And um, just driving back to the city, it's been, whoo, man, it's been all day long. Dropped them off at 11. Uh, they tell me to go home for a few hours. They call me back at 3, say, can you get me out of here by 5? And I said, are you leaving Chicago? Yeah, I only like, 45 you know, miles I, I live like 45, 50 <laughs> minutes away in the suburbs, you know, and trying to get down there in traffic. You know, um, by the way, uh, he has to be out by 5. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, aren't you a 24-7 veterinarian? You're going to put a three-month puppy out on the street? Come on, <laughs> Whoa. man. Whoa. Really? Cold. They're cold. No, it's a cold, cruel world. Yeah. You know, and, and the so dog doesn't know how to use crutches either. Exactly. Problem. He's got one of these. He's got one of these little uh, um, splints on his leg right now. Kind of looks like Captain Hook. He's limping around, but he's a tough little guy, man. And he's gonna have surgery probably in a couple of days. Be out four to five weeks on IR. Gonna come yeah. back bigger and better and faster. <laughs> now these are real life problems. All the stuff we're gonna talk about in, in terms of basketball and other things going on with Chicago sports teams pales in comparison with poor Brixton's going through right now. Oh, it just it breaks my heart, man. You know, anybody who's a pet owner knows exactly, you know, how I feel. You can see Brixton right now. He's got one of those cones around his neck to prevent him from chewing on the little splint. Right. Okay? And the splint is about as big as his whole body. So it's hard for him to walk around. So he's getting a lot of TLC. Susan right now is giving him some TLC. The nurses Loved him, hated him to know he's a cute little guy, and uh, he'll get some more TLC when he gets home. Some little raw meat, maybe, when he gets home. Okay, see, there you go. See, I give you this little secret of, of prolonging your, your animal's life and use it against him, okay? All right, we'll get to that dog. We'll get okay, to that we'll get, dog. We'll save we'll that for later. Okay, <laughs> that's a tip of the day That's later. one of our friends, people. You know, doing you know, he might not be a friend at the end of this show. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this You're not going to put time. a cone on me, are you? We might have to do that. Yes. Or a muzzle, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. This is one of the toughest transitions I've ever had to make. We're talking about a dog getting injured. And and now we're going to talk about mundane things as basketball. Yes. I know Bulls fans really loved watching the Last Dance documentary on ESPN and and had a lot of fun with that. Uh, But Scottie Pippen was not among the people who enjoyed it. And there were times in there where Pip was maybe portrayed a little bit unfairly. They kind of focused on some of the things that – were not highlights in his career, the 1.8 seconds, the migraine headache. And and Pip finally made some comments in, in terms of a podcast he did recently talking about the fact that he didn't really think it was accurate in terms of really defining what was accomplished in one of the greatest eras of basketball, but also by two of the greatest players. And one can even put that aside and say the greatest team of all time. This is Scotty actually his quote from the podcast saying, I didn't think those things stood out in the documentary. I thought it was more about Michael trying to uplift himself and to be glorified. I think it also backfired to some degree and that people got a chance to see what kind of personality Michael had. And then he was asked, have you spoken to him about your opinion of the series? And Scotty said, yeah, I told him I wasn't too pleased with it. He accepted it. He said, hey, you're right. And that was pretty much it. You know, Stacy, you've known Scotty forever and you've played with him for a number of years. Is this sour grapes or what do you make no, of it? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, Scotty's a Hall of Famer. He's a top 50 player of all time. Uh, he's expressing what everybody else thought. I mean, I thought the same thing. I, my take on the, on the last dance was, what did the migraine headache have to do with the final three championships? What did the 1.8 seconds uh, of him not going into the game 
have to do with him winning three championships. And I can see his point because it, it didn't, you know, put him in a negative light. Like he was all about Scotty, and anybody who's played with Scotty will tell you from from you know one through thirty that's played with him, he's the best teammate that I've ever played with. He's the best teammate anybody would play with. You put the poll in, I guarantee you, ninety nine point five percent of the guys would say Scotty's the best teammate they've ever played with. Well, Michael had the final say in this documentary. He had, you know, executive producer credits. He was able to veto anything that he didn't yeah. like. So obviously, he was going to come off looking pretty good. Now, Scotty's interesting for the fact that people got a chance to see what Michael was all about. You know, his win at all cost mentality and how tough he was with his teammates. And and I think that for Pip to say that it carries a lot more weight than if it would have been some media person saying that that you know Michael was maybe a little bit too harsh with his team. Well, it, it carries more weight even if a player like Scott Burrell would have said something sure, or yeah. Scott Williams or myself. You know, uh, Scotty Pippen being one of the greatest players you know um, of all time and then being you know um, you know a Hall of Famer, it carries a lot of weight because he he was you know Robinson Batman, and for him to say that you know he didn't like the way he was portrayed or how everything was portrayed in there, that 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 says a lot there because again, you know, what does Scotty have to be salivating about? I mean, you know, he, he, he was a phenomenal player. You know, he was, you know, if you, you look at this, Mark, and I, I was talking about this the other day, you know, when people say, you know, Michael, you know, Michael didn't need Scotty. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I don't think Michael Jordan wins a championship without Scotty Pippen. But I will say this, Scotty came pretty damn close to winning one without MJ. That's true. If yeah. it wouldn't have been Hugh Holland, right. Phantom Call uh, in New York, he could have easily um, probably had an opportunity to play for the championship, and who knows what would have happened. And that was without MJ. So that's a that's a that's a serious argument when you when you talk to people like, oh no, you know, Scotty needed MJ. Mm, not necessarily, <laughs> but it worked out for both of them, and they won. And uh, but Scotty has no sour grace. Scotty Scotty's a guy that has no filter, no filter at all. He doesn't care what you think or what he what he says. He says what's on his mind. You know, he's got that that Southern mentality, you know, he just speaks what comes naturally to him. And sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. And it's refreshing. Respect it. Good, uh, what did you say, Fred? I said it's absolutely refreshing Yeah, it is. to get some honesty. Yeah, you don't get that. Everybody's politically correct. You know, everybody doesn't want to ruffle feathers. And sometimes, you know, um, sometimes you have to say things to make people uncomfortable. And, and you know, Michael, if, you know, everybody knows Michael's the greatest player. Okay, but you'll have people in Bill Russell's era, Will Chamberlain's era, you know, Oscar Robertson's era w- would give you an argument. Jerry West, they would say they were the greatest players. Okay, Michael, I felt in this in this uh, documentary, you know, it was an opportunity to to reintroduce himself as a player, because this generation, a lot of this generation, do, do not remember Michael as a player. They hear their fathers, grandfathers. You know, talk about him, but a lot of this generation of kids only recognize MJ as the guy who sold shoes. Oh, he's the guy at the Jordans. Yeah, I know him, but they really actually never got a chance to see him play. So this was, you know, this was his chance to reintroduce himself as a great player. So now all this generation is looking at him now, going, "Holy shit, this guy is really a great player. He's he's better than Kobe, or he's better than you know LeBron." And also, if you know anything about the competitive nature of MJ. Look at when, when that was released, okay? You can say, oh, it was released because of COVID and there was nothing else to watch. Michael was going to release that during the finals. On the verge of a championship uh, for on, LeBron? On, for LeBron, yeah. So it was speculated when it was going to be released. That, that footage was sitting there for 25, 30 years. 
think it had been released a long time ago. But as LeBron is starting to approach that GOAT talk, that GOAT level, and they're like, oh, let's taper that back a little bit. If you want to talk about the GOAT, we'll look at this. And, and it worked. And how Big about time. LeBron in a recent podcast saying that he won the two hardest NBA championships ever, coming back from three games to one in 2016 to beat the Warriors. And then that was impressive. And then, no, I'm not, I'm not downplaying now. that, but the, the point is that of all the NBA championships won ever, those are the two that stand out. I no. mean, this, this guy's ego knows no bounds. Yeah, I, I would say, listen, that was impressive, the 3-1, I'm not going to lie, against a great team. Um, but, you know, I think Draymond Green, the situation with right. him, had Draymond Green not been ejected, that could have been a whole different series. Um, but at the same time, you know, I understand where these kids get that from. You know, they want they. You know, everybody's concerned about their legacy. Okay, so LeBron, you have to expect that. LeBron, and don't think that LeBron's not doing a documentary right now by himself. A lot of these guys are doing it now because of what MJ did. So don't be surprised in a few years. You know, you don't see a documentary about you know LeBron James driving you know, around a billion dollar Porsche. That's I saw that. On the highway. It's a nice ride. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a documentary. I thought it was Batman, for real. I was like, <laughs> like Batman? I was like, oh, it's LeBron. Oh, well, man. Well, he is Batman. Yeah, that is true. But at the same time, like, you know, it, LeBron is great. There's no denying uh, his talent and what he's meant to the game and this generation, okay? Uh, he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of great players. I mean, but there's a lot of heads that could be on there. You know, you start off, you know, MJ's going to be on there. We all know that. Give us your five. Ooh, that's tough. I mean, I would say Wilt Chamberlain. There's only four in the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, four. No, okay, well. Oh, that's why he's a friend. That's why he's a friend. He's going to add a hit on Mount Rushmore. It's always oh, five. Yeah. Call him out, Mark. No, no, but for a lifelong producer, you think math would be a basic skill, right? Uh, there's no math required here. I have my, oh, I have my shoes on. No. Okay, no, we'll go five. We'll go five. We'll go five because it's basketball. Costs a lot of money okay. for that extra head. All right, we'll throw the head on there. There's enough, there's enough mountain up there to put another head. So I, I would I would say you start off, you know, MJ, of course, uh, and I'm being biased, but MJ would be up there. Um, I, I think Wilt Chamberlain would have to be up there. Yeah, I, I, like I think Wilt. I think um, Jerry West would be up there. I mean, Larry Bird could be up there. There's so many. There's at least eight guys. That's a lot of. They could be up there. I know, but we only take five. That's why we're going five. That's only you take five. But, I mean, Kareem could be there. Magic could be there. It's just a preference, what they meant to you individually. What are your five, Mark? What are your five, Mark? The five on Mount Rushmore. I know, Kareem. I know, Kareem. Kareem. Wilt. Michael. uh, If we're going five, uh, Magic and LeBron. We can't leave out Oscar, though. Who's your five? Timothy? Sometimes you look at it if you're going to build your team. Who would you pick? Well, that's a different equation there. Well, I think still if I'm looking at my mantle, that's the way I'm looking at it. That's a different show. Oh, come on now. We're running out of time here. We're talking about the best five heads on the mountain, son. All right. You're you're a friend. You're supposed to know this kind of stuff. You're my friend. Come on. You're knowledgeable. I I, I am. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, Wilt and uh, Michael, of course. Oscar. uh, And then I'm going to go with uh, Bob Cousy. 
He's in the short shorts. <laughs> Rush yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, he, he was short shorts. Short shorts. Exactly. I just want to see if he was getting some head nods there. But yeah, yeah. So that was good to see. I wanted to make sure you're a real basketball guy. Come on, man. <laughs> so you're gonna ask me or no? Yeah, just, just well, what you brought you it up. Well, yeah. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to give you right away. Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. How many is that, Mark? That's four. That's four. Construction going up from head and to yeah. head. I'm, I'm going Wilt, man. 100 points. Yeah. 50 points. Average 50. I'm going Wilt. And he excelled off the court. Again. Well, he did. In Dan's fever. Right. He excelled in <laughs> Dan's fever. Right. Boy, if they would have had a... Uh, woo, the don't, law on that mercy. Don't forget Conan. Oh, yeah, he was in Conan. With that big, uh, what, yeah. was it, what was it, Amazon? What was it? Make Schwarzenegger with smoke. Oh, man. That's tough to do. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I knew you, I knew you were going to pick Boston. I oh, knew, knew you were going to pick a Boston guy. Larry. I watched Larry I Bird. That. He led the league in floor burns, man. And he was triple-double threat every night. Championship. Now, it's Larry Bird's on that mountain, whether it's four or five. You know, that's Ooh. the thing. That a lot of people Ooh. believe Bill Russell out. The greatest Ooh. winner of all time was 11. Kareem's yeah. out. Bill's in. Wow. Celtic pride. Yeah. See, I, you, you have to, in my opinion, his name has to be in the conversation. No question. I mean, you, you win as many rings as he did. And he and it wasn't like he was a guy that was in the back, you know, as a role player. He was the, he was the man in Boston. You know, and he was during a time where it was tough being African-American Absolutely. playing in the city of Boston and all the, the negativity and distractions that he had to play with, man, amazing player. I think a lot of people downgrade his accomplishments only because of the fact there were so few teams in the league back then. He only had to win a couple of rounds to win a championship. He played with a lot of Hall of Famers, but when you consider the numbers that he and Wilt put up, I mean, Wilt w was averaging, you know, one year he averaged 50 points a game and, and 20-some rebounds. I mean, those guys were routinely grabbed 20 boards a night. Now, if you had a guy that did that in the league, people would go, this guy's a freak. I mean, how can that happen? Well, and then also look at that Wilt leading the league in assists as yeah. a seven-footer. Mm -hmm. Like, when was the last time he was – we'll never see that again. No. You know, the numbers that he put up – They don't get the ball. They don't – the yeah, ball's on their hands. Plus, there is no dominant players like Shaq anymore. Everybody's a three-point shooter now. So, the game has completely changed, and you will never see – a big man like that lead leading in assists again. Speaking of the game changing, the one thing that's really happened now in the last five to ten years, this is the era of player empowerment where the top superstars in the league kind of dictate where they're going to go. They want to team up with their buddies and, and make sure that they have the best chance to win the championship. As we tape this show, uh, this podcast on Wednesday. And wear a retro uniform. <laughs> oh. The, the last yeah. – the latest news is Giannis Antetokounmpo talked uh, to reporters in Milwaukee for the first time since reporting training camp, and he kind of laid the breadcrumbs out that he may be headed to free agency. He was asked about, what, what do you think about the Supermax extension? He goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm focused only on basketball. That's up to my agent and the Bucks organization. Well, Stacy, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been offered five years, $228 million. You either sign it or you don't. There's, yeah. there's no negotiating going on there. He's been offered every yeah. dollar. No and he got a pen, too. Yeah. And, and, and then on top of that, you're not going to get – go anywhere you go, you're not going to get that much money. So it's a no-brainer. You know, now what you're doing and what he's doing is it's costing, mm -hmm. trying to put the onus on Milwaukee's organization to build around him, go get better players. You know, unfortunately, they're a small market team. And if you're paying him all the money and you're paying like two or three Middleton – 
when you're paying, you know, one more guy, Drew Holiday, you don't have a lot of money to yeah. to spend on the others, mm-hmm. and you get capped out. So, you know, they have to build their team through the draft, and unfortunately, you know, they've had some they've had some nice draft picks, but you know, they're it's still developing. You know, uh, Divincenzo and Pat Connaughton, and you know, those guys are good pieces, but they still got to develop. And in order to do that, they got to play and they got to you know play together more. So you can't keep you know you can't keep saying, well, I want to be here, but I don't want to be here. You know, oh, I'm gonna test free agency. If you're the Bucks, you, you know you're putting the, you're putting pressure on me now because I'm like, we're not gonna lose you for nothing. So if you, you're gonna be here, we need to know. You know, we're not gonna we'll do a signing trade. We'll get you know another superstar back to help us because too many teams get burned like that. Yeah. How about all his teammates wrapping up pens and giving them to the first base coach, signed by Superbad? He didn't think it was that funny. He said he thought the first couple he didn't know what they were doing. Then he thought it was funny, and then he said after a while it got kind of old. So well, he's, al- he's already showing strain in his first media. I mean, it sounds like Mark is uh, hopping back to the days of Kareem and when Kareem left Milwaukee. I know we've heard that story I was an many impressionable times. Impressionable youngster. Yeah. I know, and I know. Yeah. And you think this is gonna? This is like Kareem too. Well, it might be. I don't and, know. And I think Giannis is going to sign. almost never get equal value. That's like with the James Harden situation where he wants to be traded. His first choice would be the Brooklyn Nets to team up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's also said, oh, I'll go to Philly, play with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But Houston is saying, we don't want to let you go. You know, you've got three more years left on your contract. You should play it out. What's your take on that, Chase? I, I, I'm, I'm taking a hard-line stance. You sign a contract. I mean, you liken it to the last dance with Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen signed a contract that was undervalued, you know, uh, made him, you know, uh, like the 12th highest paid player on the team. Uh, he didn't get market value. But then again, when you watch the last dance, Jerry Reinsdorf told him not to sign a contract. Right. And told his agent not to sign a contract. So, you know, you have to blame the player then. You know, but if you're an organization, if I got James Harden for four more years, Unless the trade knocks my socks off, he's going to stay here for four more years. I can't trade you to where you want to go because there's nobody on Brooklyn that we want. We're not getting a superstar player. And you can say, well, let's just wait till the draft. We'll take all these draft picks. You're not guaranteed in the draft that there's going to be a superstar player in the draft coming. So you're giving a generational talent away for just future picks. Mm-hmm. Not a smart idea. And that's what Sam Presti's trying to do in Oklahoma City. He's got like 17 picks over the next <laughs> seven years. He may not get one all-star, let, let alone a superstar. In the of but what he's doing, Mark, is, is he's stockpiling these picks to make moves later. Right. And using those picks to position to go try to get a superstar that's already under contract that they don't have to pay, you know, astronomical money to. You know, you bring in a Chris Paul, you know, through a trade. You know, Chris Paul wanted to stay there. You know, but they felt like, you know, we're going a different direction. We'll do what we need to do. Uh, you know, so, but they're, they're a small market team as well. They If they couldn't keep Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Harden, and then Serge Ibaka, and they drafted all those players, they're not going to be able to keep anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever look at those pictures where those three teams, those three guys are lined up in the future? People will say, no way, are they on the same team? No. Yeah, that's yeah. true. People uh, won't even remember it. Yeah. All, all they won't even recognize the uniforms either, but right. other than that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go with the old school. He's infatuated with these uniforms. I do. I he do. hates the new retro I, look. I do. I like yeah, to Some be of them are good. Some of them are, you know, a little bit too extreme. Yeah. Yeah. We, they got to thank the University of Oregon for this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thing, yeah. Man. 
Name, yeah. name the Godfather of the uniform change. You know me. We talked about this. John. Oh Lord. Technical difficulties. My mic is on. Lord, help me. So we we talked about this and being the fact that. You okay with that, buddy? <laughs> John just comes from his side of the table. We already fixed hey, the mic. When the star of the show's in Listen, trouble, yeah, hey, I was going down. down. Hey, I was going down. Hey, hey the microphone was going down. It's was, top heavy. I was checking the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> Sniper in the building, baby. President's but, town. But you know, like you guys just lost track. Now, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were all over the place. Uniforms. <laughs> oh, the uniforms. Yeah. So John is a big stickler of the of the the you know the class he gets. Me right. too. Yeah. Like the Bulls, for instance. I, the Bulls black with the pinstripes is the best uniform in the game, in my opinion, because it has all the colors. It pops. It stands out. I'm a big fan of when we used to wear black only in playoffs. Like we wore white shoes, you know, during the right. regular season. But when we went to the playoffs, we threw that black, black on shoes, with yeah. black socks. Yep. And that meant to us business. that we were business. Yeah. And when people saw that, like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. That, we were already up 10 points when they saw that, you know. And now you see people wearing, you, know, you have red uniforms, they're wearing green shoes. You know, you know, fluorescent colored shoes that look like they're battery operated. You know, <laughs> go back to the traditional look. Whatever your team colors are, wear the shoes with your team color. Uniforms, there's some uniforms that are, are really cool, and there's some of them you're like, ooh. Yeah, and I, I go back to my days as a, because I'm a card collector, and every now and then I'll go in the basement and I'll open up my tubs, and I'll pull out some old, you know, basket because I have basketball cards. And when I see the colors and I recognize the colors and I identify, I know what team it is. And that's those basketball cards are from the 60s and that 70s. That doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> you know what? I hey, Tim, I was thinking the same thing. That sounds a little creepy. He's going into the basement. Opening his he's tub. opening up his little tub and he's looking. I'm like, Did, am I the only I'm one reminiscing. that said, John, that sounds creepy when he came out. <laughs> hey, little girl, you want some candy? Here I am having a moment with my cards and my oh, uniforms, God. and I'm identifying, and you guys me. think it's creepy. No, it, it, listen, it just kind of sounded creepy. Tim, Tim was thinking the same thing I was, yeah. so I'm like... I was thinking the same thing, you, too, but I already got one shot in. See, I was so going to say, say, no, I'm not going to do that. Even even Susan, his wife, who's babysitting Brixton right now, she goes, yeah, honey, that was kind of creepy. Okay? You put on a onesie? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? The wrestling suit? What is that called? A sling? What is that? The body thong. The body thong? Did you have a body thong when you went down there? Lathered in oil? <laughs> I'm glistening when I open this tub. I, I, I want to have that wet look. <laughs> As I look through my tub of uniforms. Alright, I'm going to go get another beer. <laughs> <laughs> we told you, Bulls fans. We told you. It's going to be a wild ride on this show. Yeah, John decided he was going to go on the mic. I think he may be regretting that right now. <laughs> Hasn't really worked out the way he drew that up on the, uh, the game plan. No, it show. didn't. It's surprise, surprise. Hey, let's try to get this thing back on the tracks. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about this last week when I saw the Dane Carter situation, you look at, you talk about player empowerment, but it, it's almost gotten out of control. You see where Kawhi Leonard forced his way out of San Antonio, basically went AWOL, retrained on his own in New York. Jimmy Butler's situation in Minnesota where he said, I, I don't want to be here anymore. you got to get me out of here. 
you saw Paul George after he signed an extension in Oklahoma City. I'm a, I want to go and join forces with Kawhi in, in Southern California. And then, of course, the Anthony Davis situation where he said, I want to be traded, but I only want to be traded to the Lakers. I mean, this, this is really getting out of control, Stacey. And I think that when you think about competitive balance, the survival of small markets, this is a real crossroads thing for the league. they got to get a handle on this thing. Well, you got to thank LeBron for that. Absolutely. You know, yeah, he the, started the, the, the decision. You know, the decision yeah. started this. You know, the super team in Miami. You know, the teams, I believe, listen, if they've got to get control, you know, they've got to they've got to be take the hard line stance. You sign the contract, you're going to play the contract out. If we can move you, we're not going to say we're moving where you want to go. It's what's going to help the team. Yeah, they should trade hard to Cleveland. See how they well, yeah, or, or, or trade, him, trade him to a place. Listen, and I love James Harden. He, he's an exciting player to watch. But his style of play is not going to mesh well with anybody. It doesn't work. You know, in the playoffs, it doesn't either. work. It doesn't work at all. And when you say you want to go to Brooklyn, now you've got three dominant ball handling players. Well, him Kevin and Kyrie Durant, might kill each other. Kyrie, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he might. They might. One of them might like uh, kidnap the other one so he won't come <laughs> to the game. You're can not going to handle the ball tonight. Can they You're play with two here. balls? Well, exactly. So at the, at, the, at the same time, the teams need to get that hard line approach. It's like, listen, we're going to move you. When we want to move you, right? You 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 weren't complaining when you got this two hundred million. You weren't complaining when you asked for one hundred and fifty. Okay, we're paying you thirty million a year. So I'm sorry, and and if you're and if you're if you're one of these teams who are watching this, Mark, all you gotta do is look as far as the Clippers. What happened there? Okay, there was an implosion in the locker room. You, you, it's documented now. It's come out. Everything comes out in the wash when the season's over. There's a reason why Montrez Harrell didn't stay in L.A. There's a reason why guys don't want to play in L.A. with the Clippers now is because of the, the special treatment that Kawhi and Paul George got. The players on the Clippers didn't have a problem with Kawhi. You got two-time finals MVP, okay? No problem with you. But Paul George hadn't won anything. And then he takes a shot at Doc Rivers. Yes, yes. And he hadn't won anything. And then he tells people, oh, I'm not playing good in the, in the bubble because, you know, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You're a superstar player. You didn't hear LeBron go, hey, you know what? It doesn't feel like an NBA game in the bubble. He went to he was there for business. And that's what separates the elite superstars. Because you go back, you go back and you say, okay, if we had super max deals and all this, who are the soup there's superstars in this league and there's stars in this league. Okay? And there's only a handful of superstars. It's not like twenty or thirty. Right. Okay. What there, are your four? LeBron's one. How about a Mount Rushmore? Six. Yeah, LeBron. How <laughs> <laughs> about ten? I, I, I can, the superstar level that I would consider superstars, and it's not taken away from any of the other players. They're all good. LeBron is number one superstar player. I would say Anthony Davis is a superstar player. I would, I, as young as Luka is right now, I would put Luka as a superstar player. Even though he hasn't been in the league long enough, Luka is a superstar. He's Kevin got Durant. charisma. Kevin Durant, I put on as a superstar level, a max player. Um, Steph, I would put Steph Curry. I would, I would have put Clay Thompson up there before he got hurt. You know, Giannis, Giannis is there. There's only like I, I would probably yeah, say about seven, or eight. About seven Devin or eight. Booker is knocking on the door. Yes, there's a bunch of people knocking on the door. There's a bunch of guys knocking on the door. You got Devin Booker. You got Dame Lillard, who 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 shows up every night and makes big shots. The Denver, the Denver duo. You yeah. know, Jokic, Jokic, Jokic is right there too, yeah. and Murray is right there. Okay, so there's a you know Jimmy's right there, Donovan knocking on Mitchell. that door. 
Yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. You know, I mean, our guy Zach. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah. I hope this year that he's you gotta motivated. Win. You gotta win. He's motivated by the naysayers. You saw the poll where he's like fifty-five or fifty-six. Yeah. And there's really like it, it's really low. I mean, he he's in my opinion in the thirties. Okay. And I hope this motivates him. You know, in order for him to get the respect that he deserves, one, you're right, John. He has to win. The team has to win, which I think they will under Billy Donovan. I have the utmost respect and confidence in Billy Donovan that the Bulls will be a playoff team this year. Okay? So, next thing for Zach is to be a two-way player. Because at his position, you have to be able to be a two-way player. You know, you can't just be one-dimensional. Get 25. Even James Harden has improved defensively over the last couple of years because he recognized that he was not getting MVP votes. He recognized that he wasn't getting, you know, all NBA votes because he wasn't a two-way player. And he used to be out there like uh, like a, like a, like a, you, uh, you, what are those things, an iPad? He'd just stand out there with his hands out there like a scarecrow and guys would go by him. But now he's actually trying to play defense. He's getting steals. And so he's getting the recognition. And I think Zach is in that same category. If he wants that, that limelight, he wants to be considered a superstar, got to commit to both ends. I agree with Stacy on the Bulls because they're young. And I think youth, and they've been together for a little bit, and they've got an excellent coach. They might surprise some teams because with a short start, 71 days, right, Mark, of an offseason, they may surprise some teams out of the gate. Well, they haven't played a game in over nine months, so these guys are anxious to go. All the teams that were left out of the Orlando bubble, these are the teams that have a lot to prove. You look at the Atlanta Hawks, some of the additions that they made. Uh, Charlotte improved their roster as well. So trying to get to the playoffs is going to be a, a bit of a chore for the Bulls this year. But I know that everything coming out of the Advocate Center right now is positive, as it normally is during training camp. And, Stacey, one of the things, one of the guys we've heard a lot about is the rookie, Patrick Williams, the 19-year-old, fourth pick in the draft. Billy Donovan has said he's, he's really impressed by the kid's maturity, his versatility, can defend multiple positions. And a lot of his teammates are saying, hey, this kid can play. The, the Bulls may have gotten really good value at that number four pick. Well, and, and Mark, we said this on a previous show, is that a lot of people didn't get a chance to see Patrick Williams because of COVID. You know, he didn't get to the NCAA tournament where guys become stars, uh, become household names. So he, he's an anomaly. No one knows who he is. But Billy Donovan knows who he is. You know, AK knows who he is. And at the same time, he was drafted as a need position. We didn't have any small forwards behind Otto Porter. Otto Porter played in 20-something games last year. He played in, like, what, 30-something games out of 90? Yeah, 29 out of 90. Yeah, so he hasn't played a lot of games. So we were trotting Chris Dunn out there at small forward. You know, Shaq Harrison is at small forward. You know, Denzel Valentine's playing small forward. Those guys are guards. Sato. Sato's a little bigger than all those guys. He's about 6'5", so you can swing him down there on some nights. But that's not his natural position. Right. So now the Bulls have not only a, a, a really good young talent, but a future guy that could be a big cornerstone for this team in the future. The other guy getting good reviews from the Advocate Center is Kobe White. Basically, Billy Donovan told him, you're my starting point guard. I'm handing you the keys to the car. Run with it. And I think that's a good strategy for the Bulls fans right now. Well, Jim Boylan would have done that last year, especially with the stretches that Kobe played in. You know, I, I thought he would explode. I thought he'd been on the all-rookie team. I thought he should have been on the all-rookie team last year anyway because not too many players played better than him. John Morant was consistent all year. Zion missed half the season. Uh, Kobe was one of the most impressive rookies last year. And to not be on that first team all-rookie team, 
was was you know terrible. Not to make the rookie game was a slap in his face. And and I hope that he's motivated because sometimes Mark, all you need is someone to believe in you. Mm-hmm. This game is all about confidence. It's great to have every player in this in this league has superior talent. They wouldn't be here if they didn't. But what separates certain guys from other guys? Why do certain guys excel and some guys don't? It's the confidence and the belief that someone believes in that person. They tell you, if somebody walked up to you right now, Mark, and said, Mark, you're going to start for the Bulls, you're going to get 35 shots a night. Shoot anytime you want. Your confidence is going to be through the roof. You're not going to get pulled out every time you hear the horn sound. You're going to go out there and hoop it. Like you're playing one-on-one. You can take any shots you want. And sometimes, and then there's that other guy that they say, like a Felicio, don't you dare shoot. I don't care if there's nobody in the gym. Don't shoot. Because he has no confidence. He has a wide open jumper. He's looking and, over. And he's looking, he's looking to pass the ball because his confidence is shot. And that's what some of these coaches that, you know, Billy Donovan is really good at that. Because if you watch what he did in Oklahoma City with some of the other players, the other guys, like Steven Adams. Steven Adams under Scott Brooks was just a ball mover and a screener. They never used him as an offensive threat. Billy Donovan made him a threat on the outside. He was out there shooting threes last year. Wasn't very good. I mean, Stevie Wonder probably did more. But the <laughs> thought, the confidence that was given from Billy Donovan and player development allowed him to see himself differently than what other people see. Yeah, I got to ask you about your first uh, broadcast is coming up. Been, a, been away from it for a long Woo! time. Now you got a preseason game coming up. The Golden the Pipes. The Houston Rockets. Oh, how are the Golden the United Pipes? Center. Where are they going to stick you and Adam and me? And I know that uh, in a lot of these broadcast situations, they're getting everybody off court side. It's kind of like uh, when you do the Wizards games where you're up in the second deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the good thing, though, they, you know, the Bulls take care of us because there'll be no fans in the, in the arena. So they've done a good job of, you know, putting us where we're actually center court, basically. So we're like on the second level, underneath. Um, I think underneath Jerry Reinsdorf's suite. You're in the 200 level. Yeah, I'm in the 200 level. Wow. So we, you know, whereas Chuck and Bill are up in the nosebleed section. You know, they, they literally have to wear. You, you want know, to keep them socially. Yeah. Distant. So yeah, you're exactly. in, you're in first idea. class then, and I'm they're in, first, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in coach. coach. They're, no, they were in the pets are. Surge. But they were trying to put bricks in <laughs> under the plane. Okay. But the way they have it bracketed off, you, they have it in color color codes where if you're on the floor, cameramen. The players, the coaches, the you know team personnel. The red zone. Yeah, they're in the red zone. We're in the yellow zone. So only people like you know anybody you know in the red zone they, they actually do you the test. COVID test every game. It, Whereas every game when you come in there, everybody. In the yellow zone, they they're taking your temperature. You know, so you know it, it's it's a little scary, you know, because you know we've been off since March, you know, and I've just kind of been like Howard Hughes. Hiding at home, I get my groceries delivered. You know, I don't go nowhere, man. Are you in a robe? Yeah, I'm in the robe with a pipe. <laughs> my Bing Crosby look, baby. I mean, hey, I'm telling you, I didn't go get a haircut. Well, I was out here looking like you know Michael Jackson in the '70s with the afro. So off the wall, off, yeah, off the wall, baby. I, I, I just, you know, I'm just like anybody else. You're nervous because you don't know what to expect. We're not traveling this year. You know, we're doing the games from Channel Five. Uh, that'll be different, you know, because you're so used to traveling, and um, you know, and and you don't know what to expect there, you know. And I watched ESPN. Um, I saw the Maui Classic, and I saw, I saw my man uh, Jason Benet, and we'll do some games in the Bulls yeah. this year. He was, I thought he was in the Maui Classic. I thought he was in no, Hawaii. No, no. 
I go, man, that's very nice. Yeah, he was in his in his in, in his, his basement, yeah. and he sounded like they were at the game. Every one yeah. of those guys sounded like they were actually at the game. And they I call go, that TV magic. And I go, I go, you know, I go, why can't we do that? Like, can I, I can I can be in my house with a pair of a pair of shorts on in your robe, in a, in a, in a robe. Lab. Yeah, Brixton's in my lab. <laughs> I, you know, I can sit there and just a Cavassier, a Cav- <laughs> hey, hey, Stella, a Stella Artois, you know, fields in the rim, uh, and then you know, just relaxing. Get up and go to the bathroom. Do whatever I need to do. Right. Go grab another brewski. Who knows what you do behind the scenes, you know? But you know, now it's like you know we're you know we don't know what to expect, and there's gonna be a plexiglass there, and you know our good friend Joe Brood, uh, what I've heard, the they're mayor. not gonna they're not gonna bring the mayor in. I, I've got uh, an update on that. Oh, cue the music, Mark. We have a breaking news from Don. Live reporting on the scene. No, Joe Brood will be in the truck. He won't be next to the king, but he will be in the truck. Yep, his services are needed and required, and he will be working in the truck. Well, that is great news, ladies and gentlemen. That was breaking news from John Walsh. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. Benetti is amazing. The guy works the schedule like you wouldn't believe. He will call games from all over the world, different conferences, different sports. He doesn't care. He just gets up in in his den. You know, gets the lights, gets going, gets in front two of the game, microphone. Two games a day sometimes. He, he Try the deal. indefatigable. Yeah. Yep. And the, yeah. the guy works. It's, it's just crazy. I, when I see the schedule that he does, it, it is just amazing. And, and for people who, who don't really understand what goes into a broadcast, if you're doing a game, let's say he's doing Boise State against San Diego State or whatever, he's got to do a lot of studying. It's yes. not like he knows all the rosters of these guys. Yes. I mean, sure. it's crazy the, the prep work that you have to do. The college game is way more harder than yeah. pro games. Like when I did college games, you you know, the one thing you have to know about college, it's not about, you know, well, this is, you know, let's say Kawhi Leonard playing for San Diego State. You got to know who his high school coach was. Yeah. You got to know who his AAU coach was. You got to know what his mom, what his mom liked for Christmas. You got to know all those little interesting stories. You got to dig. You got to dig. And you got to do your research on everybody, not just him, but everybody on from, from top to bottom. You got to know about the coach. You know where his stops were. You know where he had success at. You know who he who he coached in his previous stint. There's so much research. Yeah. You know it's gonna be funny when they're doing the road games. They're gonna put uh, Stacy and Adam in the old Jerry Springer studio. So these guys are gonna start yelling at each other like they're doing Springer. So supposedly we're gonna be like we're gonna be in different rooms. Oh. We're not gonna be in the same studio. Like I'll be in. I'm supposedly I'll be in one room. He'll be in another. And it will be communicating oh, separately, which is tough. It is tough. So, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, this year is going to be really tough for any broadcaster because it's not something we're used to doing. The people in the truck, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many people that have to do so many different things now. And, you know, we're going to make it work. We're all pros. We're going to make it work. But it's going to feel really weird out there. And I'm really anxious to get out there and see how it's going to be on Friday. Um, I'm glad to know Joe Brood is going to be part of it because – Joe Groove, I've been working with Joe Groove for over 15 years, and he is just as important to us than security is. You know, there's been times where we're sitting at a game, and a fan will come and grab my headset, baby, hey, hey, and, you know, they're trying to talk to me. I'm in the middle of a game, and Joe Groove is like a secret service. He'll jump in the middle of it. <laughs> He's doing a game, and literally he'll be. He'll take like, a bullet. Yeah, he'll, he'll take, take a bullet. bullet. Yeah, like James and Brady so, did. And so, and so like, like for uh, me and Neil, 
We don't ever want to put hands off. We don't ever want to be the jerk. You exactly, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when we're working, he plays the heavy. He, he plays, plays the heavy. He plays the heel. He's the guy that doesn't care if you get mad at him. He's the guy that does that. He does so many different things besides just be, you know, a routine stage manager. We've petitioned for years to get him to go on the road with us and travel with us mm-hmm. and be our own personal stage manager because sometimes you're on the road, you get guys, stage manager will be falling asleep. You get you get a guy that will go up and get smoothies. You're like, dude, I need those reeds. Where yeah, are those reeds at? What happened it's to them? Smoothie King? Yeah, Smoothie King. I'm not saying no names, but you've done those, you know, and he gives you a smoothie that upsets your stomach, and you're like, you're in the bathroom for like, you know, 24 hours, and you don't know what he put in there. Did he mix it with Etsy Flax? Like, what the hell? I'm dying here. Just turn it up. Yeah, I mean, Stacy brings so much energy to every broadcast he does, but I, I think the crowd, especially uh, at home, really picks you up and really kind of feeds into your enthusiasm for the game. And now, as you said, you're going to be socially separated from your play-by-play guy. I mean, you're going to have to create that own excitement within the broadcast just from watching the video feed. Well, I, I've worked it out where I'm going to have some, some fan mail piped into my ears that I'm going to be able to hype it. I don't think anybody knows that right now, but I'm doing it. I'm having, I'm having it piped in my ears to make it sound like I'm doing a live game. The energy is never going to change. Like, there's no fans here in this little office, and I'm energized. You know, as long as I got my guys next to me, I'm happy. Adam Amin will be next to me, and we'll be able to get it done. Bulls are playing. You know, I'm excited about this season. I'm excited with the changes, front office, the coaching staff, the draft picks. I haven't been this excited since Derrick Rose was drafted. And I think this is the year they make the playoffs. And people have to temper, you know, their expectations, number one, okay? Remember, this is still one of the youngest teams in the league. It still is, okay? Number two, when they make the playoffs, look at it as being not as an underachievement, but as the first step to climbing that mountaintop to becoming relevant again. You're not going to hit a home run every single time you step up to the plate. Sometimes you got to take the single. And fans have to, you know, I know they're like, well, we're rebuilding again. We're rebuilding again. Well, you know, the other alternative is to continue losing. So just temper it. Be excited for this team. Support them. And I know fans can't be there. But watch the games. Watch them on TV. And you're going to see a different team, a completely different team. Because in my opinion, we've upgraded by a million coaching-wise. I'm just going to be And front office. I'm just going to be honest. We've upgraded – um, coaching, because you know, last year, you know, Jim Boylan did about as good as he could do. You know, the offense was stagnant. You know, too much standing around, not taking advantage of certain people's skill set. Uh, maybe he wasn't an offensive genius or, or offensive guru, whatever. But you know, Billy Donovan's Billy Ball, as I call it, is going to be fun and exciting. It's going to be a lot of ball movement. Uh, Lowry is not going to have the year Lowry had last year. Lowry, the first two years, looked like a budding superstar. So, you know, I expect Lowry to trend back to where he was. I think Kobe's going to be exciting. And I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And if you're sitting at home, you know, during this pandemic, it's going to be must-watch TV. Not only for them, but for me and Adam and me, baby. <laughs> We're going to bring the hats out. <laughs> and you can catch all the preseason games on NBC Sports Chicago if you want to check out Adam and Stacy as they get rolling on what promises to be a very exciting season. You know, guys, what would be great right about here? Uh, sponsors. We need, we need a sponsor break here before we, yes, we, do. Before yeah. we get into our rapid-fire round. So we encourage all of you out there to listen and subscribe and rate and tell everybody how much you love 
give me the hot sauce. And all those uh, businesses out there that want to be associated Chomping with a wonderful bit. product, hey, get on board. Because get this, on this, board. Train, this train has left the station. There's plenty of room right now. <laughs> but soon, there's not going to be a seat, baby. And you're going to have to wait. All right, so we're going to go rapid fire. A lot rapid of, fire. A lot of things going on around the sports world. Anybody who watched that Bears game last Sunday is still uh, suffering the pain. It was 30-20 to 20 Bears in the fourth quarter. And somehow, they turned that certain victory into a defeat. What happened? I mean, it was it was just sad to watch. And you see the odds right after that, that it's a 99.4% odds of winning yeah. that game. That's pretty good. And they blew it, and they, saw that they said it was retribution from the prior game with Detroit. That's not the same game at all. That's not a whole fourth quarter. That's something that uh, uh, an eighth-grade coach during his first uh, time at Pop Warner wouldn't make those mistakes with clock management. The choices in play calling, it was just truly horrendous. Yeah, but Robinson, yeah, they took a timeout. Time but Robinson's got to know the sideline. Robinson has to know where the first down yeah. and the sideline is. A so you of, can't blame. Yeah, there's there's a lot of discipline head to toe, and and uh, you know, yeah, they, lost six straight. A lot of people were expecting that they might wake up on Monday morning and find out that General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy had both been let go. But the Bears don't operate that way. <laughs> they never make in season changes to their coaching staff. No, I mean, they're not going to let fans dictate what they do. And, you know, eventually, they're going to have to make a decision. They're going to have to make a decision as to what's best for the organization. And, you know, when you look at this team, you know, I mean, you look at Mark Tressman. Remember that and how yeah. awful that was. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you close your eyes and you open up you think he's coaching there. I mean, seriously, <laughs> offense looks like Tressman offense. And, you know, the defense is just worn out. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. They're worn out. They've got some injuries. They're nicked up. They've done everything that you could possibly do trying to keep the offense, you know, close to give them a chance to win. And they've, they've had opportunities to win, some turnovers, uh, you know, miscommunication. You know, it's hurt them. And then the shuffling of quarterbacks doesn't help either. You know, you, you don't have confidence in either one of the guys. And it's like, oh, well, Foles hurt, well, let's put Foles out there. Oh, Trubisky sucks, let's put Foles out there. Well, Foles sucks, let's put Trubisky out there. You know, it's just been a, a carousel of, of just craziness all year, so it's going to continue. I don't, I don't see them doing anything the rest of the year. I feel bad for the players because I know they want to win. Because being an athlete, an ex-athlete myself, you don't go out there trying to lose. You're not going out there tanking, and it's not in their vocabulary. But hopefully, hopefully they get some, you know, some of their younger players in there, see what they've got, and, and see if we need to build on that. What they need to address. Well, they started five and one. They now have a six-game losing streak, four games left to go. If they lose out and finish 5-11, and 11, it's clean house time, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have to say it is. I mean, I mean, I mean, Pace hasn't had a, a really good track record, you know, and I, I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys like, hire or fire. I, I don't get into that. I just, you know, read the numbers, and I, I, I kind of base my decision on what I read and what I see. And, you know, when you don't have the quarterback position has been uncertain since you've been here. You had a chance to get Patrick Mahomes. You had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, and you passed on him for whatever reason. Um, and they're superstars elsewhere. Um, you know, you haven't, you haven't been, what, how many times have you been to the playoffs? Like, zero, like none? Well, in, in recent. In recent. Pace, since Pace has been there. Once. Once, and they got yeah, they, they lost to Philly. Yeah, they once. lost to Philly on the double field goal. And, 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 I mean, yeah, the double joint. No. Both general managers yeah. are fired way before <laughs> yeah. then. Well, the quarterback yeah. decision is going to haunt that. Well, yeah. Forever. I mean, you see with yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 
and, and Watson are doing. They're yeah, gonna, these are Texans this week with Soldier Field, so that's, yeah. that's going to be a kind of an in-your-face moment. This is, this is Another. the quarterback you could have had, and, and instead you took Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you look at Deshaun Watson, I mean, their team is not doing well either because you got, you know, you had a coach that was trading off all their assets. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like what do you do? You try to sabotage your team on your way out? You know, and, and Deshaun Watson basically is Superman. I mean, he's basically doing everything by himself, and you know he's going to want to put up numbers against the Bears because, look, you should have had this. Patrick Mahomes did it when he came here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you should have had. You know, the signals and what he had before, whatever he did, you know, um, but – at the end of the day, man, I mean, you know, they're going to have to reevaluate what they're going to do in the front office and what they're going to do with the coaching staff. I mean, you can't keep trotting these guys out and not having success, and they keep the job. This is tremendous analysis from a guy that's a three- or four-time fantasy champion. Oh, yeah, no, 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 first, uh, hold on. first of all, this first of all, let tremendous. me stop you there. Okay, you got the whole information wrong. Okay, it is me, tremendous though, no, right? It, tremendous is correct. Okay, <laughs> but I am eleven time wow. fantasy who, football who, champion. Who are you playing against? Eleven in a row. <laughs> is I, Matt? I, is Brixie on the have a team? <laughs> the neighborhood dog. Hey Tyson, pull up the punches. Okay, I'm eleven time. Does your wife have 11, a team? <laughs> I'm 11 times champion. He steals okay. our players. No, we've had a league for 20 years, okay? And it's a rotisserie. Are you in this league, Tim? No, he's not in the league. He I've kicked me here. out. Oh, because he never even weren't active. He thinks like, no, he stole my players. Oh, okay. So, so anyway, the league is not It's not your typical fantasy league. It's you draft all – it's it's, it's an IDP league. It's the funnest league. So, not only do you score offensive players, you get a quarterback – it's basically a whole team, you know. You know, so you get all defense. You get ele- uh, seven defensive players, and they they score off of tackles, interceptions, pass deflects. It's a high scoring league. Okay, that's just you saying Guinness. No, it's a high. <laughs> nobody listen when you play the league where you pick one defensive yeah. team. Everybody gets the whoever picks the top three defense is always going to win. Everybody else gets crap. Nobody wants nobody name a name a team's defense that sucks uh, in the NFL this year would be. Who's on defense? Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Well, you you get the Jets, Jets but you got a great offense, but you get the Jets yeah. defensively because that's where you fall. Nobody likes that. Yeah. But if you can control the defense and you can pick the players you want defensively, whether it be a linebacker, cornerback, or safety, whoever is involved in tackles, okay, I, I'm, I'm the greatest GM of all. I think McCaskey should be calling you, maybe. He should. Because okay. I'm going to tell right. you something. Because you know your personnel. Listen. you got to know your personnel, you, King. You do. KYP, know your personnel. <laughs> but when you're taking this league, you got to know who you draft. I always draft rookies. Because, you know, like I drafted uh, the linebacker from the Bears, uh, Smith, when he was a rookie. Roquan. Roquan. I drafted him. People were like, why are you drafting him? He's not going to play. What? What do you mean he's not going to play? Okay. I stashed him. And then he ended up playing. And he averaged like, you know, he was averaging like seven, eight tackles. And I was killing him. So Tim, Tim got the pink slip. He's saying I stole his players. Tim got the pink slip because he's inactive, okay? So when you're inactive, you're going to get the pink slip, okay? Because you're bringing the league down. There's not a competitive balance. You know what I'm saying? So you're you're playing against inactive teams? No, he he was inactive. So when you're inactive, John, smartass, when you're inactive, you bring down the competitive balance of the league. So we can't have a slug playing that's not actually playing his roster. (laughs) So he got the pink slip, and he was replaced within five minutes. 
because there's a waiting list with his to wife. get. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. This Ma- went sideways all right, Mark. real quick. Mark, yeah, Mark, get us on track. All rapid, champions. rapid ACC. fire. Get wow. us on. <laughs> rapid fire has kind of got stuck in the box. Wow. Hey, there's big broadcasting news. How about Len Casper leaving the Cubs television booth to do radio play-by-play for the White Sox? It's a pretty good move when you consider the White Sox now. Their championship window is wide open. Wouldn't you say, Chase? I definitely would say that. And, and from what I know from Lynn and talking to people about Lynn, he's a great guy in person. He is a great met guy. Him. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Lynn, I think he really wanted to do radio, you know, because it's yeah, Ernie Harwell was his hero. Yeah, he yeah, do exactly. Radio, yep. And you know what? What better way? You don't have to leave the city. You're you're in Chicago. You're on an up and coming team. If you look at the White Sox broadcast team, they're lights out better than the Cubs team right now. I mean, you know, Jason Benetti Steve and Stone. you know Steve Stone. I mean, I'm just telling you, it's it's it, from a broadcaster point of view, the White Sox have got the the winning deal on this one. Yeah, I tell you what, the White Sox, everything is, is looking good for them. They picked up Lance Lynn in the trade. Adam Eaton, they, they re-signed. Gave up, they gave up Dane Dunning, who showed some flashes during this past season. But Lance Lynn, if you look at the numbers of what he's done recently, and people remember him back with the Cardinals. He's where, a workhorse. Before he got knocked around a little bit. But I'll tell you what, when he went to the Twins, when he went to Texas, Texas yeah. he's put up some big numbers. And you add him, you bring Adam Eaton back, who was a little bit of a divisive force in, in the clubhouse. But he's a good leadoff hitter, high on base guy, good defensive player in right field. This team is poised to win, and they're not done yet. They're talking about maybe signing, signing Liam, Liam Hendricks as a closer, maybe bringing in Michael Brantley to play, split time in right field and be the DH. This is a team that's looking to win right away, and, hey, the city of Chicago could use a team that's going to contend for a championship right now. Well, and then you bring back Tony La Russa. Yeah. You know, a lot of people question that move, you know, but anybody who's won championships and been there and done that has got the experience that he has, you know, they, they, you know, you're concerned about his age. He's he's sharper than most people younger than him. And if you put people, bench coaches around him that can younger, you know, younger that can relate to, relate to the to millennials, players, yep. this would be a great move. Yeah. Like all the people saying like, oh, yep. he's too old. He, it, the game has passed him by. No way. Listen, at the end of the day, he, he's won World Series. And he's been involved. Yes. He's, with the Diamondbacks, with the Angels. And so know he's who been he in is. the. Yep. The players know who he is. It's not some guy you just picked off the street. So I think it's a great hire. Yeah. I think if they put bench coaches around them that are younger, that can sponge information off him and learn, and then be able to relate to these younger players, I think the White Sox made a great move. Rapid fire. One bit of advice, though, maybe you should get a car service. Just, just saying. Wow, Tyson. Wow. <laughs> Pull up the punches, Mike Tyson. He just bit an earlobe, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. That's wow. the, that leads us to our next category. They got the red line. You can take the red line. Which was boxing. You know, we saw the Tyson uh, uh, Jones Jr. fight. What do you think about the news, Stacey, that uh, Floyd Mayweather might want to get involved? Don't care. Fight the great Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Money's going to be out Listen, there. Money's the, on the table. The money's out there. It's a grab bag type situation. Get the bag. But in my opinion, because I'm a boxing enthusiast, and I like boxing, I like MMA, I think it just it dilutes his legacy doing things like that. That's like saying I'm gonna go I'm gonna go join Ringling, Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus and you know be the bearded lady. You know what I'm saying? You're, 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 Is that a career goal of yours? No, no, <laughs> but no. It, it, but it's like saying you're going from one thing where you were really great at right. that people respect you at, and then now you're you're fighting a guy who lost. To a, uh, uh, Nate Robinson? A, no, 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 no. He <laughs> lost to a YouTube guy that's a video game player. 
and, and he lost to him. So if you couldn't beat a, a novice, what makes you think you're going to beat Floyd Mayweather? Right. And even if it's an exhibition, you know, if you really want to, if, if Floyd really wants to box again, just start boxing these young lions. Like I just watched Errol Spence this weekend come back from a year layoff after having a, a horrific car accident. You know, he uh, fought Danny Garcia, who's another lion. You know, that welterweight division is stacked with superior fighters. And if Floyd really, really wants to box again, I'd like to see him go out there and, and try to win his title back. Go through some and, of these young lions. And help boxing. Well, be, but, you know, the only thing you'll never see about that is the risk of taking a loss. You know, it, that's what he would honestly feel like there's a possibility because he sparred with Earl Spence, and from what I read and heard, Earl Spence got the best of him in the sparring match. So him going in there trying to fight these yeah. young guys, there's a chance that he could take an L. And does he want to lose that 50-0 and 0 or 49-0 and 0 that he has up there? I don't think so. Yeah, and having that perfect record, that really says something on your legacy. People talk about, you know, the great Rocky Marciano and those losing the fights. And, and the but a Rocky wasn't fighting in circus-type environments either. Right. A lot Absolutely. of the great fighters don't. Yeah. You know, you ride off into the sunset. You let your, your resume speak for itself. You, you know, you didn't see Muhammad Ali doing that. You know, Muhammad Ali became an activist. You know, there's things that Floyd, in my opinion, can do, you know, that would be beneficial. You know, especially during this time with all the stuff that's going on in society, that he can make a bigger impact with the youth. Um, you know, just boxing a, a YouTube guy for just to get the money is selfish. Know, it's, it's just, it's just he's better than that, and I'm a big Floyd Mayweather fan. And we're still pushing for the Kendall Gill Jake Paul. Oh, hey, I, hey, let me tell you something. You signing up for that? Hey, listen, no, 50, 50. I, I'm over there trying to promote it. Yeah. I've been the one who's trying to get the to get the traction on it. Yeah. I, I, I've been calling out Jake Jake Paul like, hey, you don't want to fight Nate wasn't nothing. You want to fight this dude? He knows how to. You fight. could call it. I, I would definitely call it. I'd be like Snoop. Yeah, we'll get Kendall on the show. We'll, yeah, we'll, Kendall, we'll try to, we'll try Kendall, Kendall. I'm gonna tell you. It, I would like to see Kendall fight him or, or James Johnson fight him. Those would be the two guys I'd like to see in the boxing match. That'd be cool. All right, well, let's get to the uh, on the download segment. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give you some of our uh, favorite TV shows to watch. You know, in this current pandemic environment, everybody's got that favorite show, maybe a guilty pleasure that you're watching with your wife, and you're thinking, you know what? I may have to turn in my man's heart on this one. So we're, we're going to start with John because I, kn I know what, what you're thinking about. Plus, what, 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 what? what? who said that? This, this no, no. What does he watch in his basement? I don't have to pay for this. Yeah. What are you doing in the basement watching? I'm watching in my tub. Okay, well, thank you, Mark. doing? Thank you, Mark. Thanks for being there. Thank you, Mark. I actually watch it from my... I'm multitasking. I'm putting the green ones and the purple ones, and we're going head to head. No, the Undoing is was an excellent. It's a murder mystery. Nicole Kidman, uh, Hugh Grant. It's on HBO Max. Uh, Donald Sutherland. It's filmed in New York. Beautiful shots of the of Central Park. Excellent, just to take your mind off everything. But I just want to say I want to jump in real quick for those historians that may not know this name. Chuck Yeager passed away at 97. The right stuff. He was the right stuff pilot. It broke the sound barrier. Great book. Unbelievable novel. Great movie. If you haven't seen the movie, it's about a three-hour deal, so you can make that a little mini Caesar uh, series in itself. So the right stuff would be my second watch. John just hijacked the show. 
You ain't lying. <laughs> Forcing us to watch this show. Like, okay there, buddy. All right, Tim, what have you been watching this during this pandemic? Well, I got really hooked into The Last Kingdom because it has to do with my heritage. But uh, maybe it's just my heritage, but violence, nudity, and a lot of drinking. <laughs> so I, I appreciated that. But most recently, The Queen's Gambit, which is kind of a, a chick flick, but it almost makes me want to play chess and uh, maybe go to Britain and play a little more chess. Now, I'll take your connoisseur of television. What, what do you got for us? My show is on Cinemax. It's called Warrior, and it's a Bruce Lee adaptation of early the early settlement in San Francisco when they built the the Chinese built the railroad and the Irish came over and there's all this uh, unrest between the Irish and the uh, Chinese. So there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of karate, and uh, it's something that Bruce Lee really wanted to do back in the 60s and 70s, but no one would sign off on it. So his daughter, Shannon Lee, is the executive producer of the show, and this show is based off of everything he wrote about. So there, it, it's a remarkable show. Um, it's not all violence. It, it's, it really basically comes down to it shows you the difference of two different cultures, and during that time, how hard it was for Chinese to fit in and to be respected. I mean, they had to fight for everything mm-hmm. they got. Um, you know, even you know when they had all the jobs, the Irish were mad because the Chinese had all the jobs because they were cheaper labor, and so they caused a lot of fighting and murder. And this show pretty much shows that it's an awesome show. If you like stand-up comedy like I do, check out the Comedy Store on Showtime. It's a five-part documentary series where they take you through the history of this is a small comedy club in Los Angeles where it was a rite of passage for all the young comedians, going back to Richard Pryor and Freddie Prinz, and then David Letterman went through, Jerry Seinfeld. Even now today, we're talking to modern comedians like Bill Burr and, and Sebastian Maniscalco. All these, these comedians had to go through a rite of passage doing time at this underground cellar to, to prove that you had what it takes to be a big-time comedian. And some of the interviews they have with these comedians looking back on it are great. So I would highly recommend that if you're a fan of stand-up. King, King always wants to do uh, some stand-up. See, I was getting ready to say, John was there and didn't make it. They booted him off the stage. With a hook? And so now, yeah, me. yeah, so now he's doing comedy on Jimmy the Hot Sauce. And it's not faring any better. He's about to get the hook again. Showtime at the Apollo, right? Oh, Sandman. Sandman, pull him off the stage. All right, before we get out of here, you know, we started the show. We're talking about the unfortunate story about poor Brixton. Now we're going to get Stacy's pet tip of the day. What do you got for us, Stacy? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is about feeding your pet. Okay, everyone, everyone is comfortable feeding your pet, your your dog Sybil. I'm on the raw diet. Uh, Brixton's on the raw diet. Raw diet food. So he's that's consistent. You just pull animals out of the woods? You give them hey, food? listen, first of all, buddy, you know, the dog, let's do a little history here. The dog comes from the wolf, okay? Exactly. All right? right. So the wolf in the wild, there is no veterinarian. There is no anyone taking care of the wolf. The wolf can live to be 22 years old, and all they're eating is wild you know, rabbits, whatever they can get their hands on. Right. They're eating, you know, what, they kill a rabbit, then the rabbit has, like, you know, uh, greens in the stomach, so they're getting all those vitamins. So the raw diet is called the BARF, B-A-R-F diet. And I've been doing a lot of research on it. It sounds gross, but if you look at the food, you can see why they came up with the name, okay? Because <laughs> it's actually like, it's beef, it's it's uh, bone ground up, it's 
carrots, it has vegetables in it, it has the right amount of vegetables, the right amount of fruit, uh, and it's all blended in together. And Brixton loves it. If you gave Brixton some kibble right now, he'd take his paw and he'd slap the dish. <laughs> Get that out of my face. Get it out of here. Yeah. And give him the Matambo, the Matambo <laughs> finger. Don't feed me that crap. Get that weak stuff because, out of here. Because the reason we and you know the reason we talk about the kibble is, you know, there's so much dog food now. You know, I mean that's a big market, you know, and there's so many, you know, really bad dog food out where you're not getting what you're paying for. You're getting, you know, you know, let's say out of 100%, you're getting 60% good stuff and then the 40% filler. So with the raw diet, you know exactly what your dog's getting every time. You know exactly what's going into the food and how much the ratio is. I mean, there's a science to it. You, just, you don't just take meat and just pile on and say, go eat it. You, you actually got to weigh stuff. You got to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients in his body. And he loves it. As you can see, he, he hasn't missed too many meals in three months. <laughs> He's an American bully, and uh, he's the cutest little thing. Uh, he's a ladies' man. All the ladies love him. He just came from the vet. They wanted to kidnap him. See, he hears me talking about him, and he wants to come over here. Uh, but he's a great dog. I'm a, I'm a dog lover. I've been raised with dogs. And uh, it, it's awesome through this pandemic. That was, I, I, I came to the conclusion, Mark, that I was so bored. You know, there's nothing to do. We hadn't even, we hadn't even done the podcast yet. I was sitting at home just being so bored. I said, you know what would be the coolest thing to get a puppy now? I could actually train him. You know, it would be my little buddy there. You know, because you can only play so much Xbox. You can only read so many books, watch so much TV. And he has been a boost in the household, having him there. It's just so much fun having him. So for all our loyal listeners out there, make sure to keep a good thought out for Brixton as he heads to a little bit of surgery coming up. So. Yes, yes. And follow IG. You know, he, he just asked me to get his own uh, Instagram account. I turned him down because he's too young. When he gets turns about eight months, I'll let him have his own IG account. <laughs> but for but you do occasionally see him on Instagram because I'll post pictures of him and so people can see him. He's a cute little dog, chocolate and white with a shiny coat. Look at his coat. Look how cute his coat is. And John, we got a new uh, website where people can. Oh follow yeah, the yeah, yeah. Stacy21king.com. We'll probably post some photos. Say that again with authority, John. Yeah. Stacy21king.com. Yes. And I just want to say that Tim is on a liquid diet these days, if you're wondering. <laughs> what, is, what does a liquid diet consist of? Oh, yeah. It's good for washing things well, down. Well, you have a keg of beer in the office. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to give you some work advice. It's, like, it's like never the, a good idea. It's, it's like it like might boost in, employees' morale, but productivity is going to suck. Oh, my yeah. God. They have a problem. It, it's like Willy Wonka. It's like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. There's so, many, so much gadgets and toys here. I mean, we see, like, kegs Pool all over tables. the place. Pool tables. I'm like, wow, can we lick the walls too? Like, wow, really? That's right. <laughs> well, we hope you've had a lot of fun as we've moved into a new chapter of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast again. We want to thank Aldo Gandia for his loyal work with the Bears Bar Room. And now we're moving into a new chapter. We hope R -R -R you enjoyed it. We hope you listen Little and Patty subscribe and rate the podcast. We want Who's to thank John's wife, Susan, for all the hard work she's done. Uh, getting that would be Patty Spotify. LaBelle. Let her sing it. Oh. Wow! I got him, fans! I got him! He's down for the he's, old He's turned into a punching, a human punching bag. Oh, I think right Michael on. McDonald as well, right? Patty LaBelle and Michael McDonald. Well, whoever, let them sing. <laughs> okay. Because you sure in hell can't sing. But you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We're still working on uh, on Apple, but we're going to be up there as well. So all the places you go to for your favorite podcast, make sure to check it out. We're getting bigger and better as we move forward. So Stacy. 
Time to say goodnight. Drive home safe to Chicago. Beep, beep.